Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast. I'm the FPL General recording on the 14th of January 2020, looking ahead to game week 23. So, a minus four was taken on Monday night. Three transfers have been made. I don't think I've ever made three transfers this early in a week, so I will reveal those very soon. I won't leave you hanging until the end of the podcast. I'm going to just do the shout-outs first, a quick review of how Game Week 22 was for me, then I'll tell you what transfers I made last night, and then the usual watch list update, questions from Twitter, and I'll finish with Game Week 23 captaincy. So first of all, first game of the weekend, I sat down to watch Sheffield United beat West Ham. It was a great start for the podcast with David McGoldrick, getting a 59th minute substitution he was actually the only he he turned out to be the only one at the weekend so welcome to the club Mr McGoldrick the guy who has had 36 goal attempts this season 26 shots in the box 15 big chances 17 shots on target zero goals so I hope for his sake that he finds the back of the net soon Um, we've seen Danny Ings do a a big celebration at the weekend taking his shirt off I can't imagine what McGoldrick is going to do when he he gets his first of the season so I'm looking forward to that hopefully hopefully he can get that one soon how did Game Week 22 go for me? it was another red arrow so it's it's the third red arrow on the bounce They're they're not huge red arrows but they're still pretty frustrating at the same time Finished on 58 points, so I went from 163k overall, dropped to 177k. So still not not a terrible place to be with you know a large chunk of the season still to go, a second wildcard to play, and all three chips still intact. So I'm still you know haven't given up hope of a top 10k, which is my which is always my target going into any season. But as I mentioned earlier, you know in earlier episodes, I think a top 50k finish is 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 an excellent rank in FPL nowadays. So if I if I can get to top fifty k by game week thirty eight, I'll I'll be more than happy with that. Especially after how how awful last season was. Uh, the positives from the weekend for me: Rashford, De Bruyne, um, Salah, and Trent got me points as well as did Lundstrom and a captain Vardy for uh, his five pointer. So got ten points from him. So not great, but at least it wasn't a blank. I don't think Vardy's blanked at all for for me as captain this season. Uh, the negatives, uh, blanks from Matt Ryan, Soyuncu. Soyuncu hasn't been great for me. I brought him in wildcard game week 20. Uh, he was superb first half of the season, but I haven't got an awful lot for him apart f- from him, apart from that eight-pointer a couple of weeks ago. Brought in Madison as a one, possibly two-week punt for game week 22. Every other player I considered, Martial, Richarlison, Mares, Saar, Every one of them delivered, and Madison, of course, got me two points. So, um, he's he's already gone. I, I think he was in my team for about two days, and, and he's already been bombed out. Uh, a blank as well from Grealish, which you know to be expected against Manchester City. Pretty frustrating that he didn't take that penalty. So, if he's not going to be on penalties, I don't think he's as attractive as he was. Um, and I mean, he won't be he won't be attractive at all until until he goes to the barber anyway. So. Uh, a blank as well from Jimenez. So I think that's three blanks in a row for Jimenez now. And again, another player who has left my team this week. So that gets me on to transfers. So as you know, if you follow me on Twitter or you, or you listen, you're a long-time listener to the podcast, I'm a very boring manager, a very patient manager. I, I like to wait until Friday to make my transfers to have all that information. 
Um, this week is a rare case where, I, where I've moved early simply because the three transfers I wanted to make, I had 0.0 million wriggle room and um, it looked like a player was going to rise last night, which he did. So I was forced to move early because if I, if I had waited till today, I would have been priced out of those moves. So I've made a very tough decision to get rid of Rashford. Uh, he's been really good for me. Got him wildcard game week 20. Uh, you know, last last three game weeks, he's done really well for me. Outscored Abraham, who I replaced him with. And, you know, it's very hard to sell a player when, when they're coming off the back of a 12-pointer. But uh, I'm a big believer in, in having a plan and sticking to it. Uh, and my plan, you know, before Rashford got that 12-point haul was to lose him for, for Sadio Mane with the double game week in mind. So Rashford's gone, um, as is Jimenez. And... And and uh, Madison as well. So Madison, Jimenez, and Rashford are the three who have left my squad. They've been replaced by Sadio Mane. So I've got my triple up now: Salah, Mane, Trent for the double game week. And and Mane is most likely going to be my triple captain this season for that game week. Are you ready for it? Danny Ings has come in finally. Um, you know, a player who is on my who is on my injury prone list that I drew up at the start of the season. But I think it would be silly for me to be stubborn. You know, for the rest of the season and avoid him because he's hurting me week after week and you know it's the man's on fire you know he's having the best season of his life Southampton have turned the corner so Ings comes in I like the fixtures long term for Southampton as well so for me it's a win-win with Danny Ings I bring him in if he keeps scoring great I get the points like everyone else if he you know climbs up the stairs tonight to bed and, and, and tweaks his hamstring on the way up the stairs great as well so for me you know it's a win-win at this point so yeah I'm not going to be stubborn with Danny Ings you know I've I've learned in seasons gone by you, you can't be stubborn with with players like that so he's, he's in finally uh, and hopefully I, he can you know keep that scoring on going now and stay fit of course that's the big one the final player my enabler that allowed me to get Manny and Ings is Neil Mopai Brighton striker who you know, I've talked up a lot this season. I've got a soft spot for him. Had him earlier in the season. His form's not great, but I really like his fixture short term. Aston Villa at home this weekend, which is arguably the best fixture in the league at the minute, given how Villa are defended. And then he's got Bournemouth, who are an absolute mess. So um, I've got high hopes for Mopai and Brighton over the next two game weeks. And hopefully he can do well on those two, and then I'll be happy enough to keep him you know, a little bit longer there as well. So, uh, a lot of people were asking me why did I not go Cal- Calvert-Lewin quite simply uh, cash reasons if I moved maybe on Saturday night or Sunday night I, I probably would have been able to afford Calvert-Lewin I don't even know if I would have went from over Mopai anyway I really don't think there's much between those two guys uh, Mopai if anything might have better long term fixtures which which might have swayed, it, swayed me in that, in that way so that's it minus four Danny Ings Mopai and Sadio Mane are in so I'm pretty happy with how my team looks now I felt it was pretty low risk this week anyway, making early transfers. I know there's cup games midweek, but none of my players are involved in any of those. Um, You know, I've sold Rashford and Jimenez who might be involved midweek. So, yeah, it was low risk. So hopefully nothing goes terribly wrong between now and the weekend. And again, if it does, I've got subs there anyway, you know, who can come in. So hopefully owning Manny for the double game week, you know, probably going to triple captain him and, and owning Ings who's been on fire recently. And Mopai, who's got you know very, two very good fixtures coming up. Hopefully, all three of those guys will prove to be successful transfers. It's you know on paper when you're selling you know very good assets like Madison, Rashford, and Jimenez, it doesn't look great on paper. But hopefully, you know, hopefully that that plan will, will work out for me. Um, the big one really is, is just to get Manny for that double game week. So hopefully, he goes big.
Moving on to the watch list update now. Um, five players that I've added following game week 22. The first one is Roberto Firmino. Now, I've obviously got a triple up already with Liverpool, so I can't fit him in. But I think this guy deserves more attention than he's getting with double game week 24 in mind. He got nine points against Spurs, scored his seventh goal of the season, all of which have been away from Anfield. And we know the double game week, both games are away. Four shots in the box, looking at some of the stats on Fantasy Football Hub this morning. Four shots in the box for Firmino against Spurs. He was excellent in that game. So I think Firmino is a great option for the double game week if you can't quite stretch to the maybe the Salamani double up. Um, I think Firmino is a, is a very viable option. I think we're going to see a lot more people go that way now after a very good performance against Spurs. And, you know, if he if he has a very good game week 23 against Manchester United, then, you know, there could be a bit of a Firmino bandwagon then for, for that double game week. So I think he's a great option. Um, not as good as Salah and Manny, but a nice alternative. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, I wish I brought him in instead of Madison, obviously. 17 points. I, I was never really close to getting Mahrez, so I can't really be too angry about that one. Um, he started, f- uh, he's played 90 minutes in four of the last five Manchester City fixtures. So with the form he's in, it's surely it's going to be very hard for Pep Guardiola to drop him. You know, he's a great price for a, for a Manchester City attacker. So he's on my watch list. I'm probably not going to get him, you know, anytime soon because you know I'm, I'm probably focusing on that Liverpool double game week um, but you know if he keeps starting and he, and he keeps banging in the goals and, and getting assists like he did at the weekend we have to take notice there so well done to anyone who got on him for that 17 pointer um, I know I mentioned last week I think it was F, the, the guys on the FML FPL podcast they they kind of got me thinking about Mares when I when I hadn't been thinking about him at all um, but I, I went for Madison because I watched the cup game uh, against Aston Villa last week and having watched 90 minutes of that there was no way I was going to go for anyone else because I was just that impressed with Madison but again that, that's that's an example of, of you know watching games can be your downfall as well you know maybe if I didn't watch that Leicester game maybe I would have been more likely to go for a, a Mares or a Martial you know in hindsight as a one-week punt Madison he's not a very exciting one-week punt you know whereas he likes a Martial Richardson Mares, you know they probably have got higher ceilings so I think that was a lesson for me there in terms of one-week punts, you know, go for the more exciting, higher upside options. Uh, another player added to the watch list, Brandon Williams, four million defender at Manchester United. He's kind of been on and off my watch list all season. Uh, excellent against Norwich, ten points. He, he, this guy, he's so good going forward. You know, he's much more dynamic than Luke Shaw. Uh, I think he offers a lot more going forward. Um, I hope, as a United fan, that he keeps his place. I hope Solskjaer gives him a run, you know, between now and the end of the season. Uh, and that's what us FPL managers want as well. A four million Manchester United defender, even if it's just for your bench, you know, to replace the likes of Rico and Kelly, who are not doing much for us. Um, again, looking at the stats this morning, Williams had five touches in the box against Norwich. And I think Andy Robertson was the only defender uh, at the weekend who had who also had five touches in the box, you know, Williams won the penalty as well. Pure pace, uh, getting himself in there, and he, and he should have scored. I have no idea how he how he missed how he missed that chance uh, at the end. So yeah, hopefully for us, he can keep his place long term. Uh, another player back on my watch list again this season: John Fleck, four point nine million, Sheffield United, nine points uh, against West Ham. Uh, got himself the assist for McBurney's goal. Probably should have got himself on the score sheet as well. Just before that assist, he had two goal attempts. One was blocked. The other one just uh, trickled wide. You know, with a lot of the goal to aim for, he probably should have scored. 
Um, I like this guy. I think himself and Cantwell are the standout options around the five million price tag in terms of budget midfielders. Fleck and Cantwell, they're probably not players you want to trust to start every week in your starting eleven, but maybe in a rotation with someone. Um, you know, maybe a rotation with a cheap defender or, or a cheap attacker or even another another midfielder. Um, I think Fleck is a, Fleck is a really good option. He could actually even be better than Cantwell between now and the end of the season. I think if I was choosing between those two now, I would probably go for Fleck off the back of that performance uh, at the weekend. Um, Sheffield United do have, I think it's Arsenal and Manchester City next, so it's not the ideal time to get someone like Fleck or you know a, a second defender. So I think after after that Manchester City game in game week 25, that's the time you probably look at Fleck and, and maybe doubling up on, on the Sheffield United defence. Uh, stats again, Fleck, two big chances created in that West Ham game. Final player added to the watch list this week, Abdullahi Dukuri, Watford, 5.6 million. Last three game weeks, he has scored 6 points, 9 points and 14 points. So he's been very impressive, as have Watford, since Pearson took over. He's been playing you know, much more advanced than he has been previously. You know, He's playing right up there close to Troy Deeney uh, in a number 10 role and I think it really suits him you know being closer to the goal um, again you know I think there's a question about Watford later so I'll come back to them but I don't think there's too much between Dukuri and Saar you know if you're looking for for a Watford midfielder I think both of them I would expect both of them to you know score similarly over the next couple of game weeks and you know Dukuri is cheaper so maybe that is the way to go 5.6 you know that that is a great price Um. I do think with Dukuri, there there may be, I think I've seen a few tweets that there may be some kind of underlying injury that he's been carrying. Uh, I think I've seen a few quotes that he's not going to, he's unlikely to play in, in the cup this week. So just just bear that in mind as well. Maybe that's maybe that's a good enough reason to go for Saar instead of, of Dukuri if he is carrying something there. Um, fixtures are a bit mixed for Watford. So again, yeah, I'm going to come back to Watford because someone asks what, what should we do there. Um, four shots at the weekend for Dukuri. In that in that game against Bournemouth, the players I removed from the watch list this week very simple: Fabianski injured, Aubameyang suspended, Sigurdsson, uh, you know, just playing quite deep, and I think I prefer uh, Richarlison and even Calvert Lewin as options from Everton. So I'm not interested in Sigurdsson anymore. Raheem Sterling as well gone from the watch list. Can't be there when he's. What is he, about 11.8 million? And he's played one minute over the last two game weeks. Very, very frustrating for people who own him. I think it's a case of, you know, the likes of Mares and these guys are just playing, they're playing so well, it's very hard for Pep to, to fit Sterling in at the minute. You know, last couple of times I've seen Sterling play, he, he just hasn't been razor sharp in front of goal. I think it was the Manchester United Cup game that they destroyed us and that, you know, quite a few very good chances and he was he was fluffing everything. So, um you know, surely he'll come back into the team at some point soon, though. So that is the watch list boxed off for this game week. Moving on now to the Twitter questions. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. Some really good ones here, covering some of the main talking points. Um, first one from Tor, uh, who's flying very high in the world. Uh, top 50, as far as I know. A Norwegian, of course. What do we do with Watford? Do we jump on them? And which ones? Yeah, so yeah, this is the big question. You know, Watford, new manager bounce, have been excellent. You know, four or five really good performances, loads of FPL points from defenders and attackers, but the fixtures are a little bit mixed. Uh, I'm just getting them up in front of me here. 
Next five for Watford are Spurs, Aston Villa, Everton, Brighton and Manchester United. So it's, it is a bit mixed there. Um, for me, I'm not in a rush to get any Watford players, but it's mainly because I'm quite happy with how my squad is set up now. Um, maybe if Grealish you know, disappoints for another week or two, I may you know, look at possibly Saar or Ducouri for that, you know, fourth midfield spot in my team. Um I've just I think I think the best five options from Watford are Foster, uh Cathcart as a cheap defender who's who's you know who's gonna play every week. Uh, Saar and Ducouri who I've mentioned and Dini's an option as well. I've got a personal I don't know why I've got a personal hatred toward Dini. I must have owned him at some point, and and he, and he annoyed me. So that's why he's not even on my watch list. But he is a, he is a decent option. You know, he's he's playing every week. He's scoring goals. He's creating chances as well. So don't don't avoid Dini just because because I am. But I, I do favour the likes of Sar and Dukuri as as midfielders um, at cheaper prices there as well. So um, for me, I'm not in a rush to get Watford. I think bringing them in is fine. You probably don't want to have two of them in your starting eleven. Though I think one is fine, whether it's Dini Sar. You know, the goalkeeper, Cathcart, these guys are all fine. Cathcart is a good option, you know, if you're like me and you're you're getting fed up of Rico and Kelly, if you've got, you know, point one or point two to spare, I think Cathcart is a really good replacement there just to have on your bench and you can play him in some of the decent fixtures then as well. Uh, question from Martin. Uh, Martin is asking, should he hold on to Sterling for one more game week? So, very frustrating for anyone who's had Sterling the last two weeks. Will he come back into the starting eleven? At home to Crystal Palace this weekend, who knows? It's Pep Guardiola. Maybe he'll just stick with the foreign players, the likes of Mares. Um, I think Bernardo Silva was on the bench as well. So that, you know, there's just so much competition there in that city attack, which which just puts me off them. Um, what would I do if I own Sterling? I think, given the disappointment of the last two game weeks and the fact that it's a very good fixture against Crystal Palace this weekend, I would probably give him one more. And you know, hope he starts because if he does start, you know, there's a good chance of, of a healthy return there, and you know, patience could be rewarded. But you know, on the other hand, you know, you can't. I wouldn't stop anyone from selling them either. You know, a player who who costs you twelve million and and doesn't start for two game weeks in a row. But for me, I think I would give him one more, uh, and then obviously, if he doesn't play or, or gets reduced minutes, it's it's an easy sell then. Um, the following game week. Question from FPL Rossoneri. Uh, Fabianski replacements I think a lot of people are going to be looking for a replacement very unlucky for people who brought him in with with double game week 24 in mind it must have been an absolute nightmare watching that game and and, and taking that goal kick and and going down injured you know forces yourself into a transfer that you didn't want to have to make um, this week who are the best replacements I think I think the best goalkeeper is Henderson between now and the end of the season in terms of what he's done already this season and the fixtures um, I've got Matt Ryan, I'm, I'm happy enough to keep him, but if I was getting a new keeper this week, it probably would be Henderson. Even though the next two fixtures are tricky, I wouldn't worry too much about those. You know, I would look at it as a, as a long-term move, and over the course, you know, between now and gaming 38, I would fancy Henderson to get you plenty of points. I've mentioned Foster, I think he's worth considering as well. And you know what, possibly the best option might be McCarthy at Southampton, just simply to save cash. There is, you know, this season and, and most seasons, there's, you know, when you look at the points for goalkeepers at the end of the season, there's not much between them. So there's always a case to be made for just spending the the minimum amount on goalkeepers there. So you could have a you could have a four million goalkeeper on your bench, and you could have McCarthy at four point three. So you're only spending eight point three million on that position. And you know, Southampton are not the team they were first half of the season. You know, look at the stats, look at the eye test. You know, they they played Leicester off the park at the weekend. 
Um, so defensively, I think you can trust McCarthy now. Uh, and you know, he should get you plenty of save points as well. So I would be very tempted to go that way instead of Henderson because I think that probably saves you about 0.6 million. Uh, and that, that 0.6 could be very, very handy in, in other areas of your squad. So I think it's a choice between probably Henderson or McCarthy if you want to just you know spend the minimum there and use it elsewhere. Question from FPL Dempsey. Uh, a Twitter account dedicated to FPL legend Clint Dempsey. People like me who've been playing for a long time will have fond memories of him uh, playing for Fulham and Spurs. What do what to do with Jimenez slash Traore? Asks Clint Dempsey. Um, so yeah, so I've sold Jimenez. So there's your answer. You know, I think it's fine to sell the Wolves guys now. Uh, Southampton next. Then it's a tough run. It's Liverpool, Manchester United, and Leicester in the next three. So it's. I think if ever there was a time to sell, you know, Jimenez or Triori, it's probably before the Liverpool game. But I, th- you know, I, I was comfortable enough selling Jimenez before the Southampton game because just because of how much Southampton have improved defensively, I don't see Jimenez going out and getting a brace against that game. I don't, you know, you don't. I don't ever see Jimenez going out and getting a brace. He's, he's consistent, but he's never really explosive. And you know, he, he is, you know, he's, he is on three blanks as well. So I'm happy enough to, you know, I I could have kept Jimenez and got. Ings the following week, you know, switching Jimenez for Ings for game week 24, but, you know, I asked myself, who would I rather own for that Southampton Wolves fixture this weekend, and it's Danny Ings, you know, he's the guy on form, he's the guy I expect to score more points in that fixture, so that's why I've made the switch a week earlier than I planned, I was planning Jimenez to Ings anyway, game week 24, but I was happy to move that a week forward, given how Ings is playing, and how, you know, Southampton are, are much better defensively, so I think selling them is fine, um, Selling Triori is probably easier than selling Jimenez because he's you know he's been disappointing. The reason I didn't get Triori at any point this season is I never trusted him as a fourth midfielder, and he's kind of that he's he's at awkward price around five point five or whatever he is now that you feel like he's too expensive to be on your bench as well. Um, so he, it's just that awkward price point. That's why I stayed away. I rather spend a little bit extra. In my case, I've got Grealish in my fourth midfield spot. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't want five point five, five point six million sitting on my bench most weeks either. So I think selling Triori is fine as well. But I think in the case of these two, Jimenez and Triori, you can give them the Southampton game, and then maybe you know selling them before a Liverpool fixture probably makes more sense. Question from Salah Mohammed: um, Why are why are you triple and triple captain and Manny over me in the in the double game week? Now that that's that's not the question. I'm sure this is not the the Salah Mohammed. Um, Salah asks, who are the best three forwards for the next four to six game weeks? Good question. I th- I still think Vardy is up there in the top three. Um, I think Danny Ings has to be up there in the top three. And the third one, I would probably say Rashford, even though I've just sold him. Uh, given his you know recent form, you know um, I, you know I, I expect him to continue to score well, but I just hope my the trio that I've brought in will outscore the trio that I've sold. So yeah, I think Ings, Vardy, Rashford is probably the, the ideal front three for the next couple of game weeks. But there's loads of options up front. Uh, good question here from Dave. Um, which which of the principles that you had at the beginning of the season are you rethinking? Apart from Danny Ings, so yeah, so I I typed out uh, an A4 sheet of paper at this, in in August before the season kicked off, and I'm I'm going to read I'm going to read through it now. I've got it here beside me, um, and and you know which which principles am I rethinking? I'm not really rethinking any of them for this season, you know, apart from just reclassifying Danny Ings as a as a fully fit player as opposed to to a, an injury prone player. But 
part of me, you know, I've mentioned this to a few people over the last couple of weeks as well. You know, the way I play the game, it's very patient. It's very, it's very boring. And, you know, I'm kind of getting a bit bored of it myself, to be honest. I feel like, I feel like having an experimental season next year where I just inject a bit more excitement into how I play the game, you know, maybe be a bit more aggressive, you know, make earlier transfers, maybe take a few more point hits, uh, you know, maybe a few more differentials here and there as well, because, um, yeah, it's, it's just boring. You know, it's it's boring waiting around until Friday to make your moves. I think a big driving factor in this for me as well is price changes. You know, over the last two or three seasons, price changes have, have gone gone nuts. You know, because there's so many people playing the game, you're almost forced to make your moves on a, on a, sometimes on a Saturday night or a Sunday. You know, a lot I see a lot more people making Saturday night transfers and Sunday night transfers now than, than ever before. And it's you can see why, because... If a player scores a brace or a hat-trick at the weekend, there's a good chance they're going to rise 0.2 or 0.3 before the weekend. Uh, and over the course of the season, um, you know, your team value just, you know, it's nowhere near the others. I think my team value is only around, probably around 104. You know, there's probably people around 108, 109 who obviously can afford, you know, more expensive players than I can. Um, but quite simply, you know, I, I like to have a, an overall strategy for the season and stick to it. So I'm going to I'm going to stick to this one for this season. I'll see how things finish up. Um, I'll see how I'll see see where my rank is at the end of the season, and I'll always you know re, you know assess the season then during the summer, and then decide how I want to approach you know the next season. So I think there's a good chance next year I might spice things up just for myself more than anything, and just you know I've been playing the same way probably you know for four or five years, which obviously had you know a couple of very good seasons, but you know last season was a bad bad one, uh, and you know there's no guarantee that this one is going to be a very good one. So you know, probably that, that probably depends on next season. Probably depends on what happens to me this season. If I get maybe you know a top fifty k, maybe I'll be more likely to stick to what I'm doing. But if I get you know a hundred k, a hundred and fifty k, or or you know God forbid worse than that, maybe I'll change things up next year just for a bit more excitement and I, more more than anything as an experiment, just to go against you know move out of my comfort zone and try something different and just see how it goes. At the end of the day, it's only one season. Um, see how it goes. If if it's an absolute disaster. Just go back to playing the way I normally play, and if it's if it's great, then I've got a decision to make. You know, do I change my approach because the game's changing? You know, do I need to change my approach in terms of you know earlier transfers and stuff like that? So just just to read out my this is this is very short. This is bullet points on an A4 sheet of paper that I keep you know close to my 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 desktop whenever I'm making FPL decision. So at the top it says FPL 2019-20 overall strategy. And my overall strategy is minimize transfers. So I like to make as few transfers as possible. And these bullet points help me to do so. So number one, have a plan and stick to it. Number two, avoid bandwagons. Uh, avoid injury-prone players. Make a list. No transfers until Friday night unless I have 0.0 million for the moves. There's a good example this week. I moved early because I had 0.0 million to make them. Don't worry about team value. Identify captain picks a few weeks in advance. Have a core group of players and trust them long term. Focus on the top teams, three times City slash three times Liverpool, for example. So I've got three Liverpool now. It's been a case this season where three City didn't make much sense with all the rotation and form and stuff like that. Uh, next bullet point, don't let fear rule your transfer decisions. We can't have them all. So a good example there is Rashford. I sold Rashford this week. If I was, If I let fear rule me, I wouldn't have sold him. You know, I would have kept him because, you know, I'm fearful just because he's got me 12 points. I don't want to sell him. So that's a good example there. Not letting fear rule my decisions. I test number one, backed up by stats number two. Be open to a new approach with the chips. 
Don't be afraid of hits if they drastically improve your squad. Bank a transfer as often as possible. And then I've got three separate bullet points at the bottom here for make, making transfers. So when making a transfer, refer to this checklist. Number one, have I given the player enough time to deliver? Number two, is the is the new player injury prone? And number three, is there any chance the new player could be rotated? So that just gives you an idea of, of you know how I'm playing the game this season. Uh, and I'm going to stick to it because... The first bullet point is have a plan and stick to it. So I want to stick stick to my twenty nineteen twenty strategy that I, you know, set up for myself at the start of the season, and then I'll reassess things during the summer, and maybe I'll you know I'll be typing up a you know a new strategy for twenty 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 one season, and it could be quite different to to that one there. So that's important. I think it's important to have a plan and see it through, uh, and then I'll reassess in the summertime. So good question there, uh, David. Thank you for that. So, Game Week 23 captaincy. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do myself yet. Uh, I'm probably between Vardy away to Burnley and Kevin De Bruyne at home to Crystal Palace. Most likely, the manager I am, I'm boring. I'll stick to Jamie Vardy. He he, you know, he hasn't let me down in terms of, you know, he hasn't blanked at any point when I've captained him this season. Um, Burnley have been very poor this year as well. So, I would fancy Vardy to do well in that fixture. Uh, De Bruyne would probably be my vice captain there. I think anyone who has Aguero or Mares, you know, you're going to be tempted to captain those guys in that Crystal Palace fixture. Um, Salah and Manny are always options as well, even though it's against Manchester United. Um, I'm a United fan, and I'm you know I'm not looking forward to that game. Um, you know, I don't see us getting anything there, so that's another reason why I was quite comfortable letting. Well, I won't say I was comfortable letting Rashford go because that's not the right word to use. But I found you know I didn't mind losing him when it's Liverpool next, because Liverpool, what are they, six clean sheets on the bounce now? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept a clean sheet against us. So would I rather own Manny or Rashford for that fixture? And the answer for me is is Manny there. Um, my new guy, Mopai, home to Aston Villa, there's always a temptation there to, to play the captaincy. You know, his, his form's not good though, so you probably can't do that. If I was someone who wasn't on Twitter, um, you know, and wasn't on a podcast, maybe I'd be more likely to, to do that. Uh, Danny Ings as well. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to do it. I think owning him is is enough for me. I think if I if I captained him the first week I owned him, you're guaranteed that that's when he will blank. So I won't do that, and, and I'll hopefully hopefully we'll get points from him uh, against Wolves. Um, so for me, yeah, I think it's going to be Vardy most likely. Uh, De Bruyne might wrestle it off him before the weekend, but I think it will be Vardy. I think that's everything covered f- ahead of Gimme Twenty Three. There's lots of content on Patreon this week. One of my New Year's resolutions is to up my levels of content on there. There's already iTest podcasts for the Sheffield United game on Friday, as well as the games on Saturday, the the Liverpool game and the Arsenal game. I'd be recording another iTest podcast on Wednesday because I'm going to watch the Manchester City game and the Watford game from the weekend. I'm particularly interested in watching that Watford game uh, and then I'll be recording iTest pods for that. So what they are is basically 10... 10 minute podcast maybe 15 minute podcast on each game just my thoughts having watched it for 90 minutes and then looking at the stats as well and throwing some stats into it and you know kind of comparing stats versus eye test um, i always record a patreon podcast on friday as well taking questions from patrons and running through you know press conferences and you know my final captaincy decisions and all that kind of stuff so if you want to check all that out you'll find the link on my twitter account or or on, on my instagram account there as well at fpl general or you can just google patreon.com forward slash fpl general any questions you have about that content just let me know all of those podcasts are available for just two it's around two pounds fifty a month so 
stick your hand down the back of the sofa, find find two fifty and and sign up. Um, good luck in game week twenty three. I'll be back next week. It's a midweek round of fixtures. Game week twenty four kicking off on Tuesday evening. So rather than recording next Tuesday, I will try to record on Monday morning instead to give you know give you extra time to get the podcast listened to. So thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do give it a, a like. Uh, a retweet a share leave a comment if you're on youtube leave a review if you're on itunes it really helps me to get the podcast out there a little bit more and yeah so good luck and get game me 23 folks and i will talk to you all next week